Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! like Optimus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 155 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? We're back. We're back, bitches. We're back, man. We it's took been a, a brief sabbatical, hot, hot fucking minute since we mm. graced the mics with our presence. Is it, I know. Excuse me. Wait. You sound really good. That isn't a I, new microphone, is it? It is a brand new microphone. First time I've used it. Fresh out of the box, complete with a brand new pop filter on it, just like a real boy. The thing is, Gordon, the last microphone, he fucked it out. 
too, I did. too many podcasts. Mike couldn't handle it. it. It literally fell into dust in his hands. He had to purchase a new microphone. 154 podcasts is all I could get out of that microphone. <laughs> nah, because like the first 30 shows you were doing on like a Xbox headset or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, Stuart Williams would know for sure when you started actually sounding good, but uh, it was oh, not episode one. No, <laughs> I, it wasn't like 30 episodes. It was, we'd been doing it a small number of times when I received a box in the mail, it was like, here's the microphone you're going to start using, Gordon. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Well, you do sound delightful, and it's good to be back, man. Yeah, it's it's good indeed. I, I missed you. I missed you too, although we talked. I didn't know who I could, you know, just yell random stuff at. But yeah. I know, we, sure, we talk every day, but it's not like this. It's not recorded for posterity. That's right. It's been kind of a, a busy couple of months. We've had a lot going on. But uh, first off, I would like to give a shout-out to the music this episode. Uh, last month, I spent some time with the family at Crypticon Seattle. It was one of the most awesome times of the horror year here in Seattle. I uh, had a great time there. And it reminded me that Thomas Andrew Doyle of Tad fame had just released a brand new album called Incineration Ceremony. This kind of like the soundtrack score type of an album. A lot of different great sounds on it. And I wanted to meld that with Crypticon in this episode. So the song that we opened the show with is called Lost in Abysmal Waters. And we're going to have a lot more uh, where that came from during the show, as well as an interview with Tad himself. So stay tuned. Yeah, that. A little bit different music than uh, perhaps you might be expecting from Tad, huh? Absolutely. Well, you're used to stuff that like super heavy, like God's Balls, and this is not that, but this is also very atmospheric in its own right. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of balls, are we going to go right into what pisses us off? <laughs> nice segue. Hit it. Yeah, well, you know, it is hot here, Steve. But it's not just hot, it's suddenly hot. Like last week, this time, it was 74 in the afternoon. This week, it's 108 in the afternoon. It is like my just your balls catching on fire hot. <laughs> and I, I'm not used to having a sudden 34-point temperature swing. It's, it's abusive. It is, it is just not fun at all. That is really pissing me off. Then why would you do it? Why do I live here? Yeah, if it's that bad. I mean, why don't you go to get air conditioning or something? Well, it's so bad I actually turned on the air conditioning. That's extreme for me. The the family has been basically existing by going about our day and then dipping ourselves into the pool every few minutes. (laughs) We're We're a wrinkled family. You know what else pisses me off since I'm talking about my family? What's that? It, it is it is 100% official as of this month, this year, put it down in the calendar, I have become the shortest member of my family. <laughs> <laughs> my youngest son is now taller than me. So my wife and my two sons, all taller than me. I am one tiny little bastard. <laughs> Good Lord, that's, that's really something. Yeah, they're going to make me start sleeping in a dog kennel or something, I think. <laughs> Yeah. So what about you, Steve? What's pissing you off? Oh, dude. So, yeah, like I don't know. 
Yeah, it's 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 been a minute since we've done a show, and uh, th- there are a lot of reasons for that. But uh, May eighth for me was a day that will live in infamy. On May eighth, two thousand and seventeen, I found that two of my loved ones have cancer, and since then we've been dealing with that. Uh, it turns out that in both cases. It was caught early enough, so there are good treatment plans in place, and the prognosis are great. So that is a really good thing, and it's something to to be thankful for. But learning, you notice that cancer is what like the only thing you want to catch when you're talking about diseases. Fuck, you want to catch cancer? Yeah, right. Catch it fucking early. <laughs> but yeah, nobody should have to learn that two of their loved ones have cancer in the same day. That what seems yeah, it feels like it was cruel and unusual punishment. That pisses me off and fuck cancer hard. So, uh, just one thing I'd like to say, not to bring the show down too much, but people Yeah, go, you pretty go, much brought the show down. Steve. Go get checked. If you're a woman, have your mammogram, get checked early so that if this god forbid does happen to you, you can get it out of you in time and get treatment before it becomes something that is horrible. Uh, same with men. Get your colon checked. Get your prostate checked. Do the things you got to do. It's not It's not comfortable. I know. I don't want to finger up my ass either. But. You said you liked it. You may live longer because of it. So please go get checked. You know. That thank, wasn't my finger. Again, thank God that uh, my, my family caught it in time. So. Yeah. That pisses me you, off. That pisses me off too, Steve. And I'm uh, I'm glad everyone caught it soon enough that it's not nearly as gigantic an issue as it could be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking cancer. Cancer can suck a dick. Yeah, that's some bullshit right there. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> cancer can die in a fire. Speaking of yeah. which, let's listen to a tune. Hey! This is called Incineration Ceremony, the title cut. From the brand new release on YouGoth Records 2017 from Thomas Andrew Doyle. Dig it. Thank you. 
All right, once again, that was Incineration Ceremony, the title cut from the brand new release on Yugoth Records. And joining us now on the show, the one and only Thomas Andrew Doyle. How you doing, man? Good, guys. How are you guys doing? Very we're doing great. Yeah. Barring a few technical uh, glitches, we're doing all right. <laughs> I, right on. It's probably Cthulhu is all I can guess. Yeah, Yeah, I, I would say that's what it is, too. Yeah. You know, my, my virus software, my anti-malware software doesn't do shit against Cthulhu. <laughs> I don't think anything does. No, not even Hitman Pro, the paid version. <laughs> the paid version. So, Ted, I gotta say, I've really been digging the brand new release. Now, I, when we last spoke, I remembered you saying that you were working on something new and something a little different. But I don't think I was expecting something quite so cinematic. Uh, what was the influence to kind of go in this direction on Incineration Ceremony? Well, I uh, went to school and studied uh, jazz and classical music all through my formative years and one year of college. And then uh, I was just kind of a return to that. You know, I, I, uh, just on the, I had some downtime from studio clients and I said, well, it's time to write some new stuff. And it just came out of me. I, uh, we have an a upright piano in the living room, and I just started tanking around on it. And I said, that's nah, pretty cool. So uh, <laughs> I uh, grabbed the recorder and put it in there and started uh, plinking away. And that's how it, how it happened. Nice. So are there particular composers that you really dig that you were sort of thinking of when you started this project? Yeah, well, certainly. Uh, one of my favorites is a guy named Edgar Verez. He was a, a French expatriate, came to the United States in the uh, early 1900s, and he writes some of the amazing stuff. Um, Jerry Goldsmith, uh, uh, Ver, uh, Berlioz, Beethoven, of course. Um, There's got to be Mozart. some Stravinsky in there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I totally did not know what to expect when uh, when I put this on to listen to. It was what last night, and I had a little time where I could finally sit down and play the new downloadable content of Darkest Dungeon, which, if you don't know, it is a very very bleak game, and I oh. I went. You know, I want to listen to this new stuff for the podcast we're doing. So I put that on, not knowing, I just, I thought it was going to be metal, frankly. Yeah. It was the absolute perfect soundtrack to Darkest Dungeon. My guys were going insane. There was an incident with tentacles, a lot of blood, <laughs> and just bleak hopelessness. And this is going on in the background. I was like, this could not be more perfect. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, what I dig about it is that you're, you kind of have a wide array of styles on the release. I mean, you have a tune like Desire, which has like the, this horn 70s sort of an influence that you almost think like might be in the backdrop of like a spaghetti western or a art film or something like that. And then you have something like a Sleep in Arrhythmia, which is more kind of a soundscape that I would imagine hearing, you know, visiting a haunted house during the Halloween time or something like that. So you've really stretched, I think, your wings a little bit bit on these different sounds that you put together absolutely uh it's very satisfying to put together too i spent uh started in about basically about october last year and uh you know i was getting into writing it and as it was coming together i would really laugh 
out loud, you know, <laughs> just doing this because I'm just doing it by myself. And I'm like, man, this is really fun to put together. <laughs> it was very, uh, at times, minimalistic, modern, classical, minimalistic, like, but but with a very um, dark vibe, like Philip Glass off his meds or something. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I, I'm just picturing you like plunking out these low somber notes on a piano in a big empty room going (laughs) (laughs) yeah too much you might have to finally break down and get that pipe organ you've always wanted (laughs) yeah interesting yeah I'd love to have a pipe organ (laughs) you know actually one song I wanted to tell you this that uh, really gave me serious chills is uh, Meditation in Null the deep horn sounds are almost exactly the same as this short called Air Conditions that we showed a couple of years ago at our film festival. And you've mm-hmm. got to see this film because this your, your song could have been part of the soundtrack for that short. Fantastic stuff from Ryan Oliver out of Chicago. What's it called? It's called Air, Air Condition? Con- Air Conditions, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's, wow. a, it's a kind of disturbing movie, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really don't want to tell you much about it. You should just see it. It's awesome. Yeah, you're going to dig the yeah. shit out of it. It's great. But that horn sound is right up in that film. Anyway, we'll send you a link. Steve yeah, will send you a link. I can do that. That'd De- be great. Deathblow Productions, they do some great stuff. So, right. Tad, you, guys, you guys into Shudder? Uh, you know, I just signed up for it. Uh, we I spent some time at Crypticon in early May. And I was talking to a couple of my other film festival friends, and they were all suggesting, that, yeah, Shudder's the best. So I've signed up for it, but I haven't watched anything yet. You got any recommendations? Yeah, there's a, uh, I believe it's a Korean film called Cold Fish. And uh, that's pretty creepy. Nice. All right. All right. We saw some creepy shit from Korea recently, so. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, we receive uh, sub- festival submissions from all over the world, and so uh, we, we definitely saw the last few years some great stuff finally coming out of Korea. It took a while for that market to sort of build for us, or the, at least filmmakers there to hear about us, but uh, once they did, we've definitely been receiving some really great submissions. That's great. Well, man, I just wanted to ask. No, I, I think I might have been one of the last people to get one of the CDs from the Yugoth run. Uh, how can our listeners get a hold of this brand new release? Well, they can uh, go to my website, taddoyle.com, and there's links to uh, downloads of it on Bandcamp. And uh, there's, uh, in the works, might be having some vinyl coming out soon. Oh, very Probably. cool. Not exactly sure how that's going to happen, but there's been talk about it. <laughs> nice. So what are you working on next? I mean, you, you've released some heavy stuff recently. You've done the score soundtrack stuff. What's next for you, man? Well, I'd really like to get into some uh, film composing and uh, putting that together. Either that or video game stuff, too. You know, I, I think that uh, what I do would be really uh, very useful in that those two areas. And I've also already done the second record, which is pretty much finished. Oh, no. Nice. And I'm started started on the third, but I've got to stagger them because I can't have it all coming out at once, you know? Well, certainly, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we definitely... You don't want to uh, blow your musical load, so to speak. We definitely, right. <laughs> we definitely have a few contacts in the filmmaking world. So uh, if anybody asks us about music, I'll de- definitely point them your way, man. Oh, that would be awesome, man. Absolutely. All 
All right. Well, Tad, as you know or may remember, uh, one of the last questions we always ask all of our guests on the show is, what pisses you off, man? <laughs> well, Seattle traffic's one of them. Oh, shit. It's... Uh, uh, not much pisses me off anymore. Um, uh, phone trees. <laughs> I don't like phone trees. I like speaking to people. There's um, something to be said for that? Yeah, it's a lot um, of start. Exactly. Uh, bad customer service really gets my ire, you know. So, and that kind of goes with the phone tree thing. And that's about it. I mean, there's not a lot that shakes me anymore. So, and <laughs> nice. and you know, I'm getting to up in my ears. So I want to be a happy guy. I want to go out happy. Right. You want to yeah. be that happy, the jolly old man, not the grumpy old want, man. I want to go out with a smile on my face, but I will yell at kids getting in my shrubs. <laughs> I was just going to ask, yeah, do you say, oh, come on, kids, hang out on my lawn? <laughs> That's maybe too jolly. Right. <laughs> yeah, it kind of creepy, too, so. Yeah, exactly. All right, man, well, why don't you tell our listeners about this next cut? This is a piece that I did. Uh, it's uh, originated on piano, and I put that together. Uh, first take and then we built the atmosphere around it I say we but it was me unless I'm talking about <laughs> multiple personalities and uh, the guy at Ugoth Records Peter Scartabello who's actually a uh, multi-instrumentalist himself and the head of the record label and a music and film composer um, added a little bit of wood and metal percussion on that so it's a uh, two of those tracks on the record have him on it and uh he's a good guy good friend and uh it's it's uh more along the lines of my influences from Verez, so it's it's a bit strange and i like it that way <laughs> nice all right folks check it out bioelogical functions Thank you. 
Chad Doyle, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show with Steve and Gordon. Stay tuned for more mayhem. Once again, that was Bioelogical Functions from Incineration Ceremony. Again, you can find that on Tad Doyle's Bandcamp site, and uh, you should. Actually, there's a bonus cut. I forgot to mention to him, I bought the CD and I didn't get the bonus cut. If you buy it on Bandcamp, you get an additional song. So, you probably ought to do that, man. Yeah. So, dude, let's talk a little bit about Crypticon 2017. I would kill or die to talk about Crypticon 2017. <laughs> would you now? Yeah. So, uh, it was uh, this year, it moved to the Doubletree down in SeaTac uh, area, and... You know what? It was the best thing that convention could do. Because the Hilton was just kind of too polished, and the, you felt like the staff didn't give a fuck about you at all. And then they moved to the Doubletree, which is the home of NorwestCon, and the people there just get it. You know, somebody walks by with devil horns or, you know, whatever costume, and they're like, right on. Can I help you with your room, sir? I mean, like they're, they're totally cool about it. It's totally in step with what they do. They're not even phased. And it's also this weird, sprawling, quirky hotel with all these arms going off in all these different directions. And it's just a better place for a horror convention. So I was so glad they moved. The, the experience was 100% better than the last couple of years at the other place, just from a logistical standpoint. From a content standpoint, this year it seemed like they were going to be up to a bit of a challenge because they had a number of their celebrity guests kind of duck out before the event. And George Romero, who was the big person that they had trumpeted was going to show up, got sick and he could not travel by air. So he was not able to attend. So they had to do some scrambling at the last minute and, uh, you know, try to, to make the people happy with other celebrities, but it just wasn't quite the same. For me this year, there wasn't uh, anybody really that I was a huge fan of. I mean, at this point, I've been going to Crypticon for like seven or eight years, so I've interviewed a lot of the people that have been through, and you know, Doug Bradley was back, and he's awesome, but I've already interviewed him, so I didn't really feel like I had much to ask him, and uh, you know, there are other folks that were there that... that you know, I don't know. I just wasn't totally enthused about it. So I didn't get any interviews uh, this year. I did do a couple of panels. I went to Doug Bradley's panel. That was great. Uh, Russ Streiner and Judith O'Day did the Night of the Living Dead panel, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, that was kind of the total of me spending time either watching or hanging with celebrities. The rest of the time, though, I sort of just absorbed the experience. I mean, the one responsibility I had was the Best of Bone Bat screening, which we got two hours this year to give our best films from this year's festival a uh, victory lap, which was an awful lot of fun. And then at the end of that, I had the opportunity to present 
the uh, Viewer's Choice Award for Pacific Northwest Short to Eric Morgret and Kelly Young for the package. And that was just a real thrill for me to, you know, again, we've discussed it, but they've been supportive of our fest for so long. And to, to have a really great short that was voted by our audience and be able to give back a little something, that really meant a lot to me. So that was so much fun, and I was really thrilled to have that chance. Yeah, so, that's cool. Of course, I spent uh, quite a bit of time in the film room watching uh, different parts of the Crypticon Film Festival. And again, Eric, his other duty is he's the programmer of that fest. And I mean, he's programming for three days, Gord. So... You know, Jeez. I mean, we, we're we doing like half a day, right, in comparison right. to what he has to put together. And he does an astonishing job. It's interesting because sometimes I was sort of musing watching one of his sets. And I was just like, you know, sometimes I feel like we program with a hammer and he programs with a scalpel. <laughs> 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 like, he, he definitely goes the artier route or he'll have these quieter character pieces. And it's the kind of thing that you just don't see at our fest, frankly. We, we have a different sensibility. And it's, we do have a different sensibility. But it's great to have two totally different types of fests within a month of each other happening in Seattle that would appeal to the horror or horror comedy fan. So, And he still manages to get a couple of things that I'm envious of when I see it. I'm like, oh, shit, that would have played nicely at Bone Bat. But it's still a really good time whenever I get a chance to see his curation of films. And uh, all I can say is, Eric, keep up the great work, man. You do a wonderful job. The other thing, of course, is the nightlife at Crypticon. And uh, my family always joins me the last few years. Uh, we've been staying in the hotel, and then the kids love to go to the zombie prom. And this year was amazing. They decked out this room entirely in black and white. Yeah. And everybody was wearing, like, black and white clothing. And there was, like, you know, with the strobe lights, it was almost like being inside a black and white film. It was badass looking. They had smoke cool. machines going and stuff and a full bar, and it was just really neat. So that was fun, and uh, the kids hung out down there, and then my wife and I would go back and forth between that, and they had room parties up on the 13th floor. And so we went up there and had way too much cheap liquor and spent the evening drinking with just a bunch of great folks. So again, Eric, Matt Fora, Kelly Young, uh, Tony K, we got to spend some time with him chatting and drinking. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Jerry Cooch was there. Uh, nice. Kim from the Horror Honeys was around. Uh, Ronnie Angel, the writer of Slash Dreams. I got to chat with him for about a half hour talking about his new release, Slash Dreams 2, which uh, I just picked up uh, from his Indiegogo, which was really cool. Uh, it was just a great time to sit around talking horror, laughing and drinking with uh, a bunch of people that have a very similar taste. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, then on Sunday morning, we slowly cracked our bleary eyes open, went and had breakfast with Jerry and uh, Kim from the Horror Honeys again. Uh, you know, I think I've had a meal. I've broken bread with a Horror Honey every year the last three years. So I think that, that is a good tradition we got to keep going. Those ladies are awesome, and I love spending time with them. So that's always a great time. Then after that, we dropped a bunch of money in the dealer room. And, man, it was cool this year. Uh, we bought some stuff from Nick Gucker, uh, Martha Hall, another artist who does a great job, Devin Devereaux. Uh, there was a couple of really great DVD uh, vendors there for the first time this year. Uh, Severin Films. And uh, Vinegar Syndrome. 
were there. And it was really cool because they've always had kind of the bootleggy thing before, and I've complained about that to you. That, you know, yeah. there's vendors they're selling kind of, and I've never felt comfortable with that as somebody who, you know, curates a film festival and supports, you know, independent creators. To have people selling bootlegs of shit that I've shown at my film festival just has always rubbed me the wrong way. And so to have these, like, legit DVD vendors there selling their wares was really cool. And uh, I spent some money with them. Uh, I was actually able to get... You may remember our very first year of the film festival, we had a film called The Dog House, directed by Jake West. When we interviewed him on the oh, show, yeah. remember he told us about the uh, documentary that he was working on, about the video nasties, the banned films in Britain? Yeah, I remember that. I was finally able to pick up the DVDs of both volume one and two of the video nasties. And I've watched the first half. It's freaking great. So finally got a chance to close that loop from our very first film festival that was awesome that was years in the making it was it was so again uh, i just after that we hit the road i had band practice on sunday but just had a wonderful time with a lot of great people and as tony k i've heard him describe it before it's like horror summer camp and except for nobody got killed but <laughs> <laughs> But it's definitely worth your time. If you're a horror fan and you live in the Pacific Northwest, you have no business not attending this convention because it is an absolute blast. Thanks again to Mickey and Troy for putting on such a wonderful convention. Uh, thanks to Steve Lang, of course, for uh, being just an all-around great guy and his curation of celebrities. Thanks to Lorelai for her panel work. Thanks to Jason, who got us a press pass. Uh, thank you to Eric Morgret, again, for his wonderful work with the film festival. Uh, and I can't recommend it highly enough. Well, sounds like a rockin' time, man. On that note, why don't we listen to another two? Let's do it. We uh, talked about this one a little bit in the interview. How about Meditation in Null from Incineration Ceremony?
Once again, Meditation in Null from Incineration Ceremony. Buy it at bandcamp.com. So, dude. Steve. You got any weird stuff this week? I got some weird stuff. Weird stuff coming out of the state of Maine. I don't know if you heard about this, but a woman in Maine was minding her own business, jogging down a trail in the area where she lives. It being Maine, it's probably... Very woody and beautiful there. And at one end of the trail, she noticed there was a cute little raccoon sitting there looking at her. And then the raccoon bared its teeth and charged her. So, <laughs> what? Yeah. So uh, she dropped her iPhone. Her, her iPhone. I don't know what kind of phone it was. She dropped her phone, headphones, on the ground and kind of uh, tried to get away. I don't know why she, uh, that was part of the getting away experience, the old dropping of the phone on the ground, but uh, she didn't get far when the raccoon leapt on her and started scratching and biting her. And over the course of its attack, it grabbed her by the thumb and wouldn't let go. The thumb? The thumb. Ow. Yeah, so she's got this raccoon latched onto her thumb this woman, she's got, suddenly she's phoneless. She looks down, notices she's dropped her phone into a puddle of water. It is submerged in the water. And quick thinking badass that she is, she takes this raccoon and smashes its face down into the muck, into the water, and holds it under the water, hoping it's going to let go of her thumb. But it being a crazy, rabid raccoon, it just keeps biting her thumb. And she holds it underwater in this puddle until she finally drowns the damn thing. Holy shit. Yeah. One minute you're walking down a trail, the next minute you're doing a battle to the death with a rabid mammal. You'd never know how things are going to turn. That's yeah, a, so that adds all new meaning to the term thumb war. <laughs> yes, it certainly does. 
when you introduce rabies into the mix. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Fuck you, drown! <laughs> God yeah, it damn. It beats my whole story of killing the rat all to hell, that's for sure. Man, that, that is yeah, intense. So don't mess with women from Maine, I think is the the uh, takeaway from that. And they, they went back and found the raccoon's body. Husband Made dropped it in a uh, dog food bag. They took it in to be tested. Sure enough, rabies, so... Oh, no. So she have to get the shot in the stomach and all that shit? Yeah, I had to get all the shots and everything. Oh. Yeah, because, you know, you don't just get the rabies shot. They got to give you shots for everything once that happens. <laughs> That's fucked. But you do not want to mess around with the rabies, man. It is, for all practical purposes, 100% fatal. So five people that have survived rabies in the history of the human race. I hope they made that fucker into a hat. Oh, man, I would make that into something. <laughs> I don't know what. But, but I don't know. I think that it would look really good maybe as uh, if you had it bronzed. <laughs> what? And then sunk it in your pool. There you go. If you had a pool. Yeah. Get a pool just so you could sink this bronze raccoon into it. Yeah. So that's my weird stuff coming out of Maine. Wow. That is really Be careful out there, people. So how about a little multimedia triage? Let's do a little multimedia triage, Steve. I don't know if you know this, but it's been about a month since we've uh, last podcasted, so we might we might have a few things in here. Even longer, I think. I think it's like six weeks. Wow. Well, we, we both watched Wonder Woman. We did watch we Wonder Woman. We both thought Wonder Woman was pretty great, right? I did, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a blast. I got to see it with my wife and my daughter, which is the first time I think I've ever seen a... A uh, woman-fronted superhero film with my family, and that felt pretty damn good. We've done it with horror because that's how we roll at the Bone Bat Film Festival. We have women protagonists all the time in our films. Yeah, but not not classic superhero female protagonists. That's, that's sort of right. new ground. I was pleasantly surprised by Wonder Woman. It, it was great. Although I, I got to say, we I walked out of there with my two teenage sons, and the first things out of their mouths were... Complaining about the sound design and complaining about the soundtrack. Which <laughs> that is so was weird. So great. It, it, like, and, and they all loved it too. They loved the I movie. remember though. I remember you saying that to me. So, what did you think of the sound design? I'm like, what? There, there was sounds. <laughs> there I was, don't know. Like, I didn't explosions. even notice. You guys are so on the same key with with the. You know, I don't know how you approach film. It's just very funny to me. I remember the yeah. didn't they like bitch about Ant Man because it was the wrong tank kind of tank? It was a Russian tank painted to be American or something. <laughs> yeah, well, that was just <laughs> stupid for Ant Man to have done that. I mean, everyone knows what that is. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, and then you want to go to the other end of the spectrum. I watched Free Fire thanks to you. Yeah, that was a great movie great movie and the sound design was so good it was it was just it was wonderful to listen to that movie not only was it a really fun movie to watch freaking top notch they paid so much attention to how things should sound in that movie and did a great job with it but that movie is nothing really but snappy dialogue in a gunfight that's that's the movie right there but it was fun and it stayed interesting the whole time Good. And I, I would not have seen it had you not uh, clued me into it. Yeah, well, Ben Wheatley, man, that guy rocks. But you loved High Rise, too. I really did, yeah. So, yeah, you got you should be, you know, paying attention when that guy makes a movie. I try, and I, I've got people like you to point it out when did I'm not Did you see paying. Kill List yet? 
Nope, that's... Oh, wait, yeah, I did. You saw Kill List? Was that the one where they were on the vacation? No, 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 that's Sightseers. Okay, no, I I still haven't seen Kill List. All right, you put that on your Netflix queue, man, because it's It's, badass. It's on the list. Kill List is on the list. What else am I watching? Fargo, season three, probably the best thing on television right now. It is pretty damn good. We actually went back... After you and I had talked about the episode, episode eight, I think it was, the one with the bowling alley, Julie and I went back and watched it again after our conversation. That's how cool that show is, that it bears repeat watching, like, the week it came out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that episode, God, it, it it was so well shot and so tense. And then it takes this absolutely weird sudden turn as Fargo is wont to do. But the whole chase through the forest where they're you know, getting hunted and the fleeing the prison bus, the whole the whole thing. Just, I can't say enough good about Fargo season three. Yeah, it's great. And some characters come back that kind of make you want to go back and watch the first season. The first season? Was yeah. he in the first season? He was in the first season. Wow, I was thinking he was in the second season for some reason. I don't reason. think he was. I think he was in the first season. All right. Maybe you're right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Nah, it's, a, it's a good series. It's worth revisiting, I think. Yeah, either way. Who would have and, thought uh, that this one quirky little movie would have grown into this, like, series of seasons of great TV? It's, it's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, and part of the appeal of that movie was that it was in such a mundane environment where you'd really think no stories happen. Yeah. It wasn't set in the Warhammer universe or something. You know? <laughs> right, yeah, sure. Of course. What else is going on? Raka. Did you watch Raka? I haven't watched Raka. Okay, so director Neil Blomkamp, mm-hmm. he did Chappie, he did District 9. Elysian? Did Elysian, Yeah. Well, he's got a new venture where he's putting out these shorts, and he released his first one. It's called Raka, and it's set in the year 2020, and aliens have invaded Earth, and they are just ruthless, and they're, I want to say terraforming, but it's the opposite. They're making the planet to suit them, and uh, it stars Sigourney Weaver, and it's this, this tale of people fighting these aliens told from a few different perspectives. Now, I watched this. It's 20 minutes long, and I thought it was going to be a complete self-contained movie, but it seems more like it's part one of a longer movie. Mm -hmm. But the aliens, the idea for the aliens is really cool. Everything about them is very organic, liquid metal or liquid wax kind of look to it. It's, uh, It's certainly worthwhile. I don't know where this thing is going to go, but I'm I'm looking forward to episode two whenever it comes out. But you can see it for free on the YouTube or, or wherever you watch your movies on the Internet. They're not charging for it. What they're hoping to do is sell some of the assets that have to do with the film on Steam, fun things that way. I don't know how well that's going to work out for them, but, you know, their, their first episode, pretty cool stuff. Certainly worth checking out. On Steam? So is it a game? There's not a game asset or... There's not a game... As far as I know, huh, okay. I didn't go to Steam to look, but I just assumed it was digital music or or maybe... I don't know what, actually. I don't know what it, what they're selling. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I liked it, and I didn't even go to Steam to support it. I'm a terrible person. 
Um, and then, of course, I, I'm watching, and you're not watching this, but I'm watching these the series American Gods. Yeah, I have not started watching that yet. It is. I read the book, Neil Gaiman book, and it seems to be following the book fairly closely. But the book itself was was pretty weird book. This is like a buddy road trip movie through the theological landscape of uh, North America for the last thousand years. There are the old gods, gods you might recognize, and then there's the new gods, gods you definitely recognize, technology, uh, media, that sort of thing. And it looks like they're they're squaring off, going to have a big fight to see which group of gods is really going to rule the world, or at least this part of the world. There's a leprechaun, there's all kinds of wackiness and seriously i don't know if i've ever seen more random sudden penises in any series i've ever watched <laughs> there are a lot of penises in this maybe that's one of the gods i don't know <laughs> and i don't know i'm enjoying it but it's weird it's, it's kind of like legion but it's it's not quite coming together as neatly as legion did hmm okay it's it's almost like you'll have a whole episode that's just almost just one character story, and then it moves on, and maybe you deal with that character some more, or maybe you don't. It's it's a lot like uh, Neil Gaiman went, let's find out who all my favorite gods are, and I'm, I'm just going to make a whole bunch of little movie lits about them and try to smash them all together. <laughs> okay. So it may not be your thing. It, it may be your thing, but... Uh, I don't know. Big old angry leprechaun, zombie girl, road trip. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know how to describe this. I think we'll probably tear through it this summer. So you probably will. There's going to come be a time soon when there's nothing on TV. So I don't you, think that's actually true because then there'll be football or Game of Thrones or Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's soon. Hey, and then Shimmer Lake. I watched Shimmer Lake on Netflix. That just fired off all of a sudden. It's a Netflix original streaming movie starring uh, Benjamin Walker, uh, Wyatt Russell, and Rain Wilson. And it's kind of neat. It's film noir, and it's told backwards. So it's over the course of like five days. And each day it shows, and then it shows the previous day and the previous day. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. You're starting at the end and working backwards to find out who who done it. Hmm, Shimmer Lake. Yeah. What about you? What have you been into? I've been blathering on long enough. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I've gone to the movies quite a bit lately, and uh, saw. So I saw Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Dead Man Tell No Tales. It was mediocre. Mm. Johnny Depp's kind of picking up a paycheck at this point. I mean, I'll, I go with the family because it's almost a tradition now. We've gone to all of them together. But uh, the the most interesting thing about it was the Will Turner stuff. That was kind of fun. And you just kind of felt like, you know, a lot of ways uh, Captain Jack Sparrow's phoning it in. So I don't know. It's time to do something else with that series. Mediocre. Uh, I hear Johnny Depp really needs some money, so it probably <laughs> makes financial yeah. sense for him. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I don't think we talked about that. That was a lot of fun. That was fun, but they could have made it 15 minutes shorter by cutting out all the sappy crap in it. Yeah, that that I don't know. That didn't really bug me, but it wasn't as great as the first one. And maybe just because the first one was so different to what we had seen. That yeah. It left more of an impact, and it was fun, and it was great to see those characters again. wasn't as good as the first one. 
Uh, just saw what else? Uh, saw Cars Three, which was okay, you know, for a Pixar joint. I don't know. I I didn't love it. It was. There are worse ways to spend an hour and a half. But... You've always loved the Cars movies, though. I'm surprised. No, I liked the first one. I never even saw the second one. Oh, really? Which I hear. I remember being bored by the first one and like having an active dislike for the second one. I yeah, I never saw the second one, but the the first one I always li- kind of liked the the love letter to car culture that it had. You know the the fifties drive-ins and that type of type of thing that I thought was kind of fun. But this new one, it, it is of a piece of the first one. So you could see that and enjoy it, but nah, I don't know. It didn't blow my doors off. I finished mass effects Andromeda. Well, good. That was something. I was worried you wouldn't finish that game. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was great. You're a completionist. Yeah, that was just, it was fun. It was, it's in an entirely different, it's in the Andromeda galaxy. It's in a different galaxy. Uh, but, the, the races are the same, and you meet new characters, and it was a whole lot of fun. Probably dropped 60 hours into that game and uh, had a great time doing it. So I would definitely recommend that. Well, let me tell you about the game I'm playing, Steve. Yeah? Apparently you like to play games for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, like to Darkest play games Dungeon. to be punished. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, you must be Darkest... one of them gluttons for punishment, which is That's a new me. character. I understand, isn't that a new it character? Is. In... Yeah, the flagellant is a glutton for punishment, and oh, what a great character! So this is the the DLC for um, Darkest Dungeon, the Crimson Court. It is bloody, bloody, bloody. It is a blood based DLC. There's a new character, the flagellant, flagellant, the flagellant, flagellant. I don't know, the flagellant. Oh, he's He's a fart-based character. He's a, a self-abuse-based character, and he he buffs everyone. And it's like the more beat up, the more insane, the more injured he gets, the more powerful he becomes. And so he can take stress off of one of your guys and put it on himself. He can injure himself to, to help other guys. And if he gets really beat up, he can start... Uh, sucking the life force out of your enemies, draining their blood, increasing his own health. He is difficult to play and a lot of fun to play because he's such a he's such a flip and wild card. And if he goes insane, then he's he's really out of hand because he'll just randomly like whack your own guys. Just you'll just be losing health because he's flailing around with his flail. Seriously? Yeah. And. <laughs> There's uh, there's some new enemies, and there's a new uh, place within your estate that you can explore, the courtyard, and special missions pop up in there that you can go on. I've gone on one and was completely crushed by some alligator demon bug thing. <laughs> and when you're in the courtyard, instead of the mechanics of using torches for light, the torches become uh, something that you use to buff yourself. Hmm. Like you have all the light you need when you're in the courtyard, and so you're you're buffing yourself with the with the torches. You're using something called bloodlight. And speaking of blood, because there's not enough blood in the Crimson Curse, you can contract this thing called the Crimson Curse. Your characters can, and when they do, they are they start craving blood, which you find these vials of blood randomly. And you can feed it to them to try to counteract the curse. But if you let them get really, really uh, 
I guess higher level and like fully in, engulfed in this uh, this madness, this bloodlust that they get, and then you give them the blood. I guess they get they get crazy powerful. So this whole DLC is about just messing with your poor characters even more to wring the most out of them, and it's all it's all blood. There's vampires. There's mosquitoes. It, it's it's bloody bloody bloody. <laughs> and I play till like I don't know way too late last night listening to the the music that we're listening to on this podcast. So uh, how much does the DLC cost? I know the game, the whole game's like 20 bucks, 25 bucks, right? Yeah, who cares? It's worth it. Just buy it. I don't know. It was like 10 bucks or something. <laughs> you are a font of useful information. Yeah, yeah. you're going to buy the damn thing, okay? Yeah, so that's it. That's all my multimedia I'm going to triage. What about you? You forget anything? Uh, well, the last two things I wanted to talk about was uh, that I was able to attend the Seattle College and University Film Festival, so otherwise oh, yeah. known as Scuff, the second version of which was a great time. Uh, saw some really cool films. Uh, let's see, the festival director, Will Cadra, did a great job and it actually invited us to be sponsors this year. So it was the first time that we've ever sponsored anything under the Bone Bat Aegis, which was pretty cool. Uh, so our film festival, we were able to donate some uh, tickets for next year to the winners. So evidently we're going to have to have our festival again. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But uh, here are a couple of shorts that I would like to just point out that you should look up. Uh, Night of the Scorpio by Chetko Timmons from Shoreline Community College was hilarious. The Ballad of Frank and Jess from Catherine Dudley and Sarah Rule from UW, uh, another great short. Uh, Indy Woods from Zodi Waxman, Seattle University. Uh, they, that won, I believe, the uh, Viewer's Choice Award and was super funny. That, that one wasn't really horror at all. It was just a, a funny short. Uh, the first two actually did kind of have a black humor vibe to them that would have fitted our festival. And then the uh, overall editor's winner, I think, was a film called Space and Other Things We Kind of Understand, which was one of those uh, films where, like, a child is kind of explaining how the world works and was totally charming and a lot of fun. Uh, the directors of that one were Christian Krantz, Morgan McDonald, Juliano Bohorquez, and uh, they were from Seattle University. So a lot of really cool college filmmaking there, and uh, I was glad that we had an opportunity to be a part of it. Nice. And then finally, uh, we had mentioned last show that uh, there was an upcoming concert on June 2nd. Kyle Stevens from Kirby Crackle had put together a show of REM and NXS covers to benefit Planned Parenthood. And none other than my band, Social Meteor, was able to open that show. And, dude, it was so much fun. We had a great time. It was our first time ever playing out at, like, a real place live. And uh, we only did five songs, but it was a blast. Uh, everybody was really kind to us and uh, seemed to enjoy the music. And we got to open for fucking Kirby Crackle, which was like the total thrill. So that was awesome fun. I hope we have an opportunity to do something like that again down the road. And thanks so much again to Kyle for uh, letting us join them for the night because it was it was just so much fun and the music was so great i mean there were six different bands playing songs all night from rem and in excess and you were just like hey that's a great tune i'd forgotten about that one and there's another great tune and another one and it just it really filled out the entire evening nicely so that was a blast and at the end of the night uh, it turns out that they had raised twelve hundred dollars for planned parenthood so that was a great cause to uh, be able to support so 
neat evening overall. All right, that's cool. I'm glad you're a part of that, man. Yeah, thank you. And uh, that's about it. So you want to wrap this bad boy up? Let's wrap it up in a bow. Okay, well, uh, once again, thank you to Tad and uh, the fine people at Crypticon 2017 for making that such a great time. Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. We have new content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the heavy half hour. My stuff is at mightywombat.com and you can find me over on Facebook as well. And what we have a Bone Bat uh, Facebook page. You should check out. I post funny stuff on there that Steve ignores. Yeah, uh, you links post to, links to cool music, links to uh, shorts, shorts, free books. Movies. I just posted a uh, John Scalzi book on there for absolutely free. Old Man's free. War. Yeah, you can download that for free right now. Yeah, it's, it's a story fun. of a guy trying to keep kids off his lawn. It's really cool. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can always find uh, awesome films, cheap deals, all kinds of cool stuff at the Facebook page. So you definitely want to check that out. We are also on Twitter. Uh, I am Bonehand over there. And we do have a Bone Bat feed, which is where you'll usually hear about uh, film festival news and things like that. Yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, there's nothing else. Let's let's end this thing. Let's bring it home, right. Steve. Thanks again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. One last tune tonight from Thomas Andrew Doyle and the release Incineration Ceremony, which you can pick up at Bandcamp. This is called Prognati Ignis Ignis. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. <laughs> Everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives on the pale blue dot. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, Every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species, lived there on the mode of dust, suspended in a sunbeam. The Earth is a very small stage a vast cosmic arena.
generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a nut. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of aeolite. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the only home we've ever known. Live there suspended in a sunbeam on the field of that. Usually we wait until the show actually comes out to make people nauseous, so it's this is totally different for us. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're ahead of the curve this time. <laughs> <laughs>